Good stuff. I'm so excited about today's word. We're going to split it in two. I'm not going to be able to finish today. And the theme for this message is demons. All right? So starting off on that, the first thing I want you to know is that Jesus already made a public spectacle of the devil and all his followers. Okay? Now, public spectacle to me is somebody that streaks naked. Okay, that's a public spectacle. I want to give them a saucer. Okay, so they can cover their face. <laughs> All right, so let's go to our text in Matthew 17. We've been reading, we're working through the Bible, through the book of Matthew at the moment. Matthew 17, and we are reading from verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, so this is Jesus and his disciples coming to a multitude of people. So a multitude of people is a lot of people, not five or four, but a lot of people. You agree? And a man came to him, kneeling down to him. You know, sometimes in church, we ask people to just kneel down. You know how very few people do that. This guy has got something in him that in front of a lot of people, a multitude of people, he bows down and he calls Jesus Lord. Listen, he says, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. You Sometimes us as parents, we need to be close enough to God and realize that we need to Ask God to grant mercy to our children. Our children are growing up in a place and space and time that we did not grow up in. They are being bombarded with messages that as adults, we get all worked up. We need to pray for our children, not just our own children, the children in our community, the children in our schools, our children's friends. We need to pray for them. Because they are being bombarded. The stuff that's going on. Come on. I don't even have to tell you guys about it. Lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire or often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples so that they could cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, and I wish I can put italics in here. Because a lot of people will read this wrong. They will read an angry Jesus. Jesus is not angry he is kind and loving the gifts of the spirit function by love okay not by anger not by wrath but by love so jesus when he speaks here he says oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you it's alluding to the cross he says my time is coming up boys i need you to get it and he's speaking to us today. and said, you need to get it. It's time to get it. It's time to wake up. The time for playing games is over. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Why would Jesus say bring him to him? Can you see Jesus' heart? Jesus wants to heal him. Jesus wants to heal. He's not a respecter of man. God is not a respecter of man. So he wants to heal, heal you and I. 
He wants to heal your children, your cousin, your family member. He wants to. He says, bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, he's not again fighting with them. He says, because you're not believing yet. You're still doubting. For surely I say to you, if you had faith like a mustard seed, what is he doing when he says that? He's taking the pressure off of us that we have to have this giant faith. All right? People that say, my faith is so strong and so big, I want to go sit with them because I'm still just aiming for mustard seed. Okay? I'm just aiming for mustard seed. And then I meet people, and my are my faith is this big, I'm, I'm strong, I've got a relationship. Maybe I need to come sit by you. Because, I, you know, I'm still struggling. And Jesus is saying, I'm taking the, the stress off you. If you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So for all those strong faith people, those people that are stress, um, I've got a mountain that I need moved from my house. Kumkair <laughs> say you can just tell it to move. <laughs> I've got an Epsa mountain that needs to move. <laughs> yeah, it's called a bond. Move. So I need I need some some somebody with strong faith to come and help me. <laughs> and then he says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So there's a lot of messages we can talk about. We can talk about faith. We can talk about demons and demon deliverance. And we can talk about uh, um, relationship here. We can talk about unbelief. But I want you to see something here in verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So when it says this kind, it means there are other kinds of demons as well. This kind that he's talking about is the kind that has passed down hereditary and has gone into the body and has caused sickness, has caused epilepsy. Okay, This is a whole different thing. This is, this is iniquity being passed down. It's a whole thing that we can talk. But I don't want to go there because we can. I can bring a message on that, but that'll take us another week. Okay. I want to talk about the different kinds of demons, the different kinds of spirits that can have an influence on you and I. And that is evident in the world. All right. So the first one, and I will place the notes because I've got uncharacteristically lots of notes. Okay. So first, let me start off with this. I'm going to find my word here. Monotheism. Monotheism. Monotheism is the belief that there is a singular God. Okay? Are you all guys comfortable? Not too hot? Okay, so monotheism is that there's a singular God. In the categories that I know of, that's the Jews, the Christians, and Muslims that believe in a singular God. The Jews and the Christians believe in the same God. They just, the Jews just don't believe that Jesus the Messiah has come. The Muslims believe in a completely different God. Completely different God. 
completely different God. All right? Then with that, we get the opposite, which is polytheism. That's the Hindus, the Hare Krishnas, the Handais, Shandais, Bhautais. They believe that God is everywhere and everything and in everything. And we are connected and connected to the tree and the dog and the insect. Okay? So when you die, you will be collected into this communal spirit. That's not biblical. Because otherwise I am connected to this demon-possessed boy and then I'm demon-possessed and God is demon-possessed. No. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a magic wand. It's not... Uh, it's not... Okay? It's, it's not a dove. It's not water. The Holy Spirit is a person with emotions and feelings, with a will that has got gifts. The Holy Spirit is whom we worship. That's the part of the Godhead that's on the earth now. It's the Holy Spirit. So, you, you can't say, oh, I felt the Holy Spirit splash on me. You, know? you, you can't do that. You can't say that because that, then you're talking about a it or something. Like it is a little clown that lives in a drain. Okay? That's what it is. The Holy Spirit is a person. And with that, we've got pantheism that also comes, comes into that, which connects this whole global spiritual. We're all of the same spirit. We're all of the same. No. No, 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 no. You see, these are false teachings. We'll get there just now. But I need you to understand this thing. So the first spirit we're going to look at is the spirit of divinization. Acts 16. There. And it came to pass as we went to pray, a certain woman, damsel, young lady, with a spirit of divinization. Can you see? I'm not sucking it from my thumb. It's written in the Bible. Met us who brought a master much gained by soothsaying. Okay. It's a spiritual gift of prophecy connected with a spirit of divinization. It's twisted. It's in the hands of the enemy. All right. So how does this spirit of um, divinization manifest itself? How can I see it in everyday life? Fortune telling. Soothsaying, warlocks, Satanists, witch, wicker, wicker. No, it's just a wicker witch. She's okay. Druid, paganism. I'm just a pagan. Um, stargazer, astronomy, astrology. Looking at the stars, you are born, so you, you know, you're born then, so you're that. That's how your personality is. That should be your characteristics. You ought to best, the best person to marry is somebody that's born then. And spirit of divinization. Horoscopes, rebellion, hypnotists. Been to a hypnotic show? You must repent. You need to repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. Enchanter. Drugs. Water witching. Waterweiss. It's a demonic spirit. You know that water witching? Where we show the water, they take the stick and there's water over here. Why can't everybody do it? Because everybody doesn't have that spirit. You understand? There's no scientific way how a stick and a water can talk to each other through ground. 
Now, must create water vices in magic scripture that we've got here, Deuteronomy, or a charmer, or a consultant with a familiar spirit, or a wizard, or a necromancer. We're not going to have that. God forbids it. All right, this is a spirit that can be and can have an influence on you and how it manifests itself around it. The next one is a familiar spirit. Familiar spirit, the way it manifests is necromancy. Necromancing is talking to the dead. Now what happens is they're not talking to the dead. They're talking to a familiar spirit that was assigned to Kwesi. His whole life, he studied Kwesi, he walked with Kwesi, he knows everything about Kwesi, Kwesi dies. Now a necromancer speaks to that spirit that represents Kwesi, looks like Kwesi, but is not Kwesi. Okay? And that will tell you about, remember when you and Kwesi played in the pool? Remember that day where you, you took the golf club and you, I don't know, you hit the wall with the golf club and the ball came and hit the window and you lied to his mother? You remember that day? And now it sounds legit. Because that spirit was there. And now you think, hmm, but this person is from the Lord. But it's pointing back, not forward. Are you following? It doesn't bring peace. It brings accusation. Can you hear that? It brings accusation. It accuses you. The voice of God never brings accusation. Never accuses you. Never instills fear. All right, that's a necro... Mansa, a medium, same thing. Peeping and muttering, we'll get to that scripture. You're going to love this. A familiar spirit, yoga. Mm -hmm. See, the word yoga comes from the word Y-U-J, which means to be yoked or joined to a universal spirit. Okay. Oh, no, we must do yoga. Oh, you want to connect to a universal spirit. Are you understanding? Suddenly, you can't do this. That is a familiar spirit. People don't like it when I talk about that. Clairvoyance. The supernatural ability to perceive events. I see a cloud. This is going to happen. You get this? That black cat. Oh, Clairvoyance. And see, and then what happens is it happens. What they predicted. The word of God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. What are those thoughts? Of good and not of evil. To give you hope and a future. Alright? So when somebody comes and they say, no, the black cat, watch out, you're going to have an accident. Boom, dart you a pop wheel, you hit the pothole. As you hit the potholes, you pull off, some oak comes, boom! <gasps> that must be from the Lord. No. It's a familiar spirit because God will convey messages that build you up, give you a hope and a future, will edify you, will not scare you, will not make you afraid, and will not accuse. Very important that we hear this from our God. Spirituals, drugs, passive mind, dreamers, people that say the following, why does this always happen to me? You heard people talk like that. 
With my luck, this will always happen. Uh Uh-huh. You heard that? Familiar spirit is having an influence on that person. But once again, I want you to understand that Jesus has already nullified their power. The enemy, you can write this down. If you write anything down today, write this down. The enemy does not have some powerful weapon to destroy your life. Okay? It's only your sin. It's only your sin. And three main areas where we'll attack you is pride, lust, and greed. Pride, lust, and greed. To break pride, you need to pray. Because you say, I become dependent, therefore I pray. A prideful person says, why? I don't need to pray. There's no power in prayer. Pride. Lust. Fast. You want to break the power of lust in your life? Start fasting. Because what you're doing is you're disciplining your body for the essential food. Now you fast. Food is very, we look at it. I'm a very, I don't know if everybody's like that, but I'm a very visual eater. If something looks like a breakfast, I ain't eating. Okay? I'll go get myself something else. Food is very visual. Lust works on visual. Greed, start giving. You break the back of greed by giving. Pride, lust, greed. The devil doesn't have this magic plan to attack your life. All right. False prophecies. Scripture, we got there, is the next one. And when they shall come, you shall seek unto them that have familiar spirits, unto wizards that peep and mutter shoot not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead. Can you see that? I'm not making it up. It says there, it's a familiar spirit. But the next one, the spirit of jealousy, murder. This is how it manifests itself. Murder, revenge, spite, raging anger, jealousy, hatred, cruelty. When you are cruel to other people. You know it's cruel when you walk past somebody that you know and you don't greet them. That's cruel. Somebody that you love and you just walk past them. It's a cruelty. There's a spirit that's working in it. It's called jealousy. Strife. Constantly causing strife. In every situation, that person will walk in and they will cause an argument. They'll sow seeds of discord and causing strife. Contention. Being contentious. Wanting to argue. Competition. Unhealthy competition. Spirit of jealousy. I'm going to break you. Let's go. Spirit of jealousy. Envy. Cause division. Somebody that wants to come in and cause division in your family, your, between you and your spouse, between you and your children, in the congregation. It's a spirit of jealousy. Scripture we have there is in Genesis 4, 8. You know that. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him because he became jealous 
that the Lord accepted his brother's sacrifice and his own. And jealousy came in. All right. A lying spirit. A lying spirit. I wish it can stay with lies, but listen to it. A strong deception. So any church that teaches prosperity gospel, there's a lying spirit there. Okay? Any church that teaches that you can go to the Lord, our Father, except by Jesus, strong deception, not from Jesus. It's a lying spirit. It's not just a lie. It's a strong deception, flattery. My wife's going to wearing a nice dress today. You go to her and go tell her she wears a nice dress. Okay? She ordered it. She made a big war to get that dress. Okay? She looks beautiful in that dress. That's not flattery. That is giving somebody a compliment. <coughs> While I'm preaching here, one day a guy comes to me and says, You know what? I want to tell you, you're the best preacher I've ever heard. I'm like, ask this. This is blowing smoke. Nah, you are trying to fog my vision. So I can't see clearly. Other guy came to me and said, you know what? You're too good for the South Coast. You need to be in like a big church international. What? That's flattery. That's meant to blind people, to deceive them. It's a lying spirit. Somebody comes to you and they bombard you with so much, too much compliment. See what it is. That person, there's a lying spirit influencing that person. Superstitions. Oh, that black cat again. Ne? Superstition, lying spirit. Religious bondages, false prophecy, accusations. Somebody that goes around accusing everybody, especially the children of God. No, you're just like holy Joes, you know, you, you know, you're Christians, you know, you, you, you freaks, you know, you're Jesus freaks. You know, you walk with the Bible under your arm. Yes, I do. What do you want under my arm? Cope. Huh? Would you rather have me the hustler under my arm? Of course I'm going to wear the Bible. See that accusation? Slander, gossip, lies, false teachers, teaching that there's a church now in Pretoria that's teaching that you are Christ. Yeah, it takes scripture to do that. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You are Christ, and he's the main Christ. Wake up. You ain't Christ. I ain't Christ. I'm not the main Christ. There's one. His name is Jesus the Christ from Nazareth. Okay? You know how big that church is? Do you know how big that church? Do you know how many people sit in front of that man? Thousands. Thousands that give their whole income to the church because he has said so. That's false teaching. I don't find it in the Bible. He makes this statement. I won't tell you the guy's name. What if this is the progressive word of God? God's word does not change. Okay, It does not change. It remains the same. I get the barbecue do it. I can get all fired up around that. Really fired up. 
Yeah, but what about the translations? God is big enough and strong enough to look after his word. He guards his word. Hitler burned over millions and millions of Bibles. Still the word exists. The word still exists in communist China. The word existed behind the Iron Curtain. The word exists everywhere. God looks after his word. It does not change. It remains the same. Don't worry about the translation. Just get yourself a King James. Okay? Just get yourself a King James. Download Esword. Even if they take all the printed Bibles out of the world, you'll still have it on Esword. And the best place you can have it is in your heart. Memorized. God's word does not change. And God can hit a straight shot with a crooked stick, even if they come and try to change it. God will still use it because the letter is dead. It's the spirit that gives life. Manak is opgewonde. Last one for today. We're going to carry on next week. Perverse spirit. Somebody with a broken spirit. That's a perversion. God made you to be whole. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Do you follow that? God made you to be whole. Not to fall apart. So someone with a broken spirit walks around with this absolute broken spirit. That's a perverse spirit because it perverts what God has made. Evil actions, planning and conjuring up evil rather than good is a perversion because God predestined you and I for good works, to do good things. You see, false teaching sounds like this. Do not do unto others that which you don't want to be done to you. You know, that's false teaching. That says the intent of your heart is evil. And when you get involved, you're going to do bad things to me. It's false teaching. True teaching sounds like this. Do unto others that which you want to be done unto yourself. Why? Because it says the spirit of God resides in you. He's good. His spirit is good. Therefore, the intentions and the thoughts in your heart will be good and you will do good to other people. Can you see how tiny that little slip? Don't do, do. Don't do, do. Jesus said the latter. Do unto others. All right. A perverse spirit does that. Don't do. God said, did God really say a perverse spirit does that. Adam and Eve, remember? God said, we know. Did God really say? I had a prophetic word of my life. Did he really? Do you really have a prophetic word? But why is it not coming to, why is it not coming to fruition? God didn't really say, did he? Perverse spirit. Atheists. I shared this on Wednesday night. To subscribe to an authority of any sorts is against our fleshly desires. There's no one here that says, I want somebody to tell me what to do and how to live. There's no one here. Is there anyone that can say, please, I want you to tell me how I must do my finances. I want you to tell me how I must spend my money. I must tell them how I'm... No one. So the idea of worshipping something outside of myself, bigger than myself, and being obedient to that, does not come from flesh. It comes from how God created you. All right? A perverse spirit, all he does is change that there's no God. There's no God. 
And then the spirit is perverted because your spirit is crying out for something bigger. All of us. That's why we're here. We're crying out for something bigger. So when somebody's not, there's a perverted spirit in there that's just lying to him. There's no God. That desire in your heart, no, that's not a desire. Perverted spirit. Abortion. It's a perverted spirit. God is the God of the living. God is the one that gives life, not take life. You know, abortion is not a way of contraception. It's not a contraceptive method. Abortion is coming against God's plan and killing his plan in the womb. Because God has got a purpose and a destiny and a plan for every little baby that's born. Children aren't a burden. A perverted spirit says two children is enough. You know that. The Bible says a quiver full is a blessing from God. I'm not saying go multiply now. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, and there's a difference between who's in the Afrikaans, vermenigvuldig in verveil. There's a difference. <laughs> child abuse. Why is it perversion to child abuse? Because we're supposed to nurture and love them. A filthy mind. God has created your mind to think of what's holy and pure and lovely, what's above and good and for good report. That's what God created your mind. If you are struggling with filthy thoughts, and those thoughts doesn't necessarily have to be sexual of nature. They could be thoughts of taking grenades and throwing it into certain vehicles with high occupants. <laughs> That's also a filthy thought. Né? Or setting a trap for somebody. Sexual perversions. Twisting the word to suit your own. That's a perversion. Because the word is supposed to point to Christ. Not to my agenda. Okay? So to get people to make penance for their sins financially is a twisting of the word. To make people... Wear crosses with little beads and saying certain prayers for penance to their sins, for their sins, is a twisting of the word. That's not what the word says. The word says, confess your sins. Walk away from them and God will forgive you. It's easy. You've not repented if you've not walked away. You're still living in it. It's harsh, but you see, this spirit will come and tell you, no, this is okay. This spirit will say, God will understand. We're staying together. God will understand. The spirit will say, no, no, but you know, the Lord forgives me. This is a perversion of the scripture because God is a holy God. He hates sin. He will never approve of it. Never. He will never condone it. Foolish. Foolishness. Chronic warrior. Somebody that's worrying themselves to death. Worrying about every and everything. That is a perverted spirit. If I'm worried about everything, chronically worried. Do you know those people? 
They worry about everything. They worry about the weather. They worry where the car's tires are right. They worry if there's coolant in the car. Then they worry if the bread's not stale. Then they worry if the bread's not too fresh. You know, they worry about everything. Incest. Pornography. See, that perverse spirit will tell you it's okay to look at those images. Because, sir, madam, it's not just men that look at pornography, it's women too. When you look at that pornography, you are bonding to it. God doesn't want you to bond to pornography. He wants you to bond to your wife. And if you don't have a wife or a husband, he wants you to be pure and holy. That's it. There's no place for self-satisfaction. That's against the word of God. Because you're dabbling in the spirit when you do that. Because it's imaginations that go. It's a perverse spirit. See, that spirit is all over the earth. So we're going to carry on next week. But I want to, before we end, I've gone way too long already. I'm sorry. But I want you to understand the following. They're already undressed. The spirit's already made powerless on the cross. When I am in Jesus, it is only my sin that can give a legal right for those things to come in my life. Does that make sense? We are more than conquerors. 1 John 5 talks about you are an overcomer. Who is he who is an overcomer of the world? He that believes that Jesus is Lord. He is an overcomer. So you're more than, so maybe some of those things are bothering you. Maybe some of those things are, 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 you find it in your own life. I want you to go pray this week. Come back next week. We're going to do part B and we're going to pray for you. We're going to trust the Lord to break this because some of them only go out by prayer and fasting. You go pray. Maybe fast on Wednesday. Maybe put your phone down this week and don't Facebook. Maybe put off the computer and fast. Come back next week. We want to pray with you. We're going to trust the Lord for breakthrough in people's lives. Amen? Won't you stand? I want to bless you before we go home. Father, we thank you for your presence here this Lord morning. Thank you, Lord. That we serve a living God, an all-powerful God, a mighty God that has already destroyed the works of the devil. Father, and as we go home, I bless your children, Lord, with thoughts from heaven. What is lovely and pure and holy. Lord, I bless them with thoughts of salvation. Because that's the helmet that we wear. I bless them, Lord with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Your word says that I will send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, to come and comfort, Lord. As we go this week, Lord, will you go before them in the mighty name of Jesus? And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you. <laughs>